Welcome to Scrollin' episode 99. I'm Kat. Joining me as always, Davius Starjumper. What's going on, man? Going good. 99? Finally 99. made it to 99. It's been a long road, guys. Ooh. Finally made it. We're going to call it quits from here. You know, we're, we're shooting for 99 episodes and... uh. Goals reach. We, we're going with that uh, Y2K <laughs> strategy. Oh yeah, once can't hit that. We, once we go triple digits, the computer messes up, and we can't we can't go any <laughs> World further. World ends. World uh, ends. Okay, just kidding. We're gonna keep going. Uh, two weeks away though is gonna be 100 episodes. Can you believe that? It's crazy, man. 100 episodes. 100 episodes. 100. Just right around the corner. Two weeks away. Just in time to be talking about the new PTS that's gonna be coming up. Um, so man, next episode is going to be a big one. Yeah. Zoss is clearly, you know, they're listeners. They're, they, they lined that up for us. You know, they said, well, scroll, we want to do something big mm-hmm. for scroll one episode 100. Oh, that's that much is clear. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so update 37, AKA, what is it? The scribes of fate DLC. That's the patch that we are currently in right now. Um, as of the time we're recording this, it's basically exactly one month old. I think it was like four weeks as of yesterday. Um, so nice. I think a month is a pretty good amount of time for us to kind of make a final assessment yeah. and pass our final judgment on the patch, which I think pretty darn good patch. What do you think, Davius? I think it's great. I, I, I mean, probably the best it's been. You'll, you'll know the number, uh, or the name or number of the patch or the update better than me, but this is the best it's been since. I feel like the first half of last year, up through the high aisle patch, was pretty good. And then w- once we started, got to Q3, that's when it started going south. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say one of the better patches. It really, I mean, it feels really, really good. Right oh, yeah. I think we're going to look back on this one as being like, you know, we're going we're gonna to remember this patch fondly. And I think we will have the opportunity to, to remember this patch fondly because I don't think it's going to last forever, this, <laughs> this nice, <laughs> you know, period of tranquility here. Um, I feel like that it, um, I don't know, I, I'm hopeful that I feel like it's going to feel good. The only thing that's going to change is when they bring in the Arcanist, the Arcanist is going to be, it's going to tip the scales, if you will. <laughs> I mean, that Arcanist, I think it's going to totally disrupt the meta, but also, you know, there's going to be a whole bunch of new armor sets. I'm sure some of those are going to change things up, things up. I bet they have another yeah. trick or two up their sleeve as well. I don't know. There's nothing really to prove it but i just get this sense that there's some some stuff that they haven't let on yet that is gonna be just got you worried i don't know i'm on my toes yeah i don't know um but i don't know in the past you know we've we've had these periods where it's like man this is a really great meta things are just feeling really good and then very next patch you know all that's just up in the air so i feel like they kind of smooth everything out make it like a nice you know chill environment to get ready for this new like crazy thing that's about to happen which i'm sure this new arcanist class is gonna i mean that's that's just the way it always is right you they release a new class the history is always that class has to be the best which i get it's a business decision it's got to be a little bit of the best but as long as it's not just overwhelming like we can't compete with it like i'm I'm okay with that i can i can handle let's have some fun with it i say you know like let's let's let it be op at first like honestly it needs to be yeah that's that's how you get people get in there theory crafting is everybody has arcanists everybody's coming up with ideas theories and builds like i'm okay with that yeah and you just you get the fun youtube videos with just like i don't know i kind of just i kind of want to get stumped by a crazy arcanist build you know just to see it 
<laughs> I don't know. It just that's just that's just kind of part of the fun of it. It's like when the twenty five percent Malakath band of brutality first came out. It's oh, like okay, boy. this thing is ridiculous, but we're just gonna have a blast with it. Some some ridiculous fun with this thing. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a good patch. The meta is still, you know, I think it's a really great meta in battlegrounds. Um, there's a very good kind of class diversity situation going on. I'm seeing pretty much all mm-hmm. classes well represented with the exception of necromancers. Really don't see man, hardly yeah. any necromancers. And and man, that really is the truth. I feel like every class right now has a lot of things they do really well, has a lot of good players representing them, but there's just no necros out there. They're just absent. Yeah, I think the conventional wisdom is that, like necros and templars are kind of at the the bottom of the pile there, but honestly, I think necros are pretty far behind even templars. Like I, I see some good templars yeah. out there. You know, I see some templars that are formidable that like I don't want to mess with. My templars in pretty good mm-hmm. shape. Well, and I'd even say beamblars. Beamblars are out there still securing yeah. kills really well. Oh yeah, yeah. Um I've been playing on a necro quite a bit here lately. I'll talk about her here in just a little bit, but uh you know, it's been a while since I spent a lot of time on a Necro, so I've just been, I'm kind of a, I kind of go for underdogs, whatever classes, maybe not performing as well as the others. I have a tendency to be like, well, let's see what I can do with this thing. Surely it's not that bad, right? Um, <laughs> it, it kind of is that bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's not to say like, I, I'll talk about this build here in a little bit. Uh, it's, it's a good build and I've been having fun with it and everything, but uh, at the same time, I keep thinking about like, if I put that gear on just any other class. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. how much better would it be um but dk's and wardens they're still pretty much dominating the meta uh dk's especially but even aside from that like i had a match a couple of days ago that did not have a single dragonite or warden in the entire match none of the 12 people were dragonites or wardens so yeah you know that's kind of dying down a little bit that diversity is there necros need some help but otherwise aside from the the bad necro situation i really feel like things are nice. As as we're kind of thinking through necros here, what do you, what do you, what is it about necros do you think that has them so far behind? Like I was really trying to think through this. Is it is it the class passives? Is it just the lackluster of a really dominant skill that they have access to? Like what, what do you think it is? Well, um, I was planning to talk about a lot of that stuff when I talk about despair uh, a oh, little bit later. Well, but oh, I'm throwing things off. That's here. okay. That's okay. We can just go ahead and kind of skip ahead a little bit. Um, that's a that's a great question. I think that they don't really bring anything to the table. Like we're we're thinking in terms of like a battlegrounds team comp, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like what do the what does the necromancer bring to the table to justify their presence? Like why are you bringing a ne- necromancer instead of a warden or a dragonite or something else? Yeah. And there just isn't really much, you know, like on my necro build, um like on the front bar I have blast bones which is the only class ability I have on the front bar. Every other ability on the front bar is a skill that anyone can use. And on my back bar, I have my armor buff, which is super generic. You know, that doesn't even count as far as like identity goes. I have resistant flesh, a a burst heal ability, which is basically just breath of life, only worse. Um, And then I have the intensive mender, which is a, that is a truly unique necromancer thing. This kind of healing turret that, that follows you around. But it was nerfed pretty severely last year. It's not nearly as strong as it used to be. That needed to happen at the time. But now, if that's the only thing you're bringing to the table, it's not enough. You know, that's not yeah, enough. Yeah, it's not worth it. That is a really good point. It's it's kind of like 
each class has that special uniqueness about it. And Necros don't really have anything that's unique and special that they they're really really good at, you know, like Yeah, me and uh me and Uncle Sam were talking about this the other day and man, I really think Zoss needs to really try to make necromancers the anti-wardens. I think that's the perfect place for them, you know, like you look at a warden and part of what defines a warden is that they're super complete, right? Like they have all the the necessary buffs within their class. Um, any ally of a warden's, if you're just in their proximity, you're just better, you're stronger, you're, yeah. you're you know, you're, you're more survival buffs. Um, the necromancer should just be the opposite of that. Like one of the things about, one of the things about necromancers that's kind of opposite of wardens is necromancers don't have hardly any essential buffs within their, their own yeah. toolkit. They have to go outside of their class for those things. I think that's fine. Let's keep it that way, but then let's load them up with a bunch of debuffs then, you know, and yeah. so we'll make it so that, you know, with wardens, if, if friendly people are near the wardens, they're better with necromancers. If enemies are near the necromancers, they're just automatically weaker. You know, they're just, they're just being made worse. I think we, we should really kind of lean into that as like their identity. They don't have self buffs. They have a lot of debuffs and that's really what it's all about. They do have some certainly, but I think we could lean way harder into yeah, that. They don't have a, they don't have enough to, to make it kind of their specialty. Yeah, exactly. And that's always what I've been trying to do with my necromancers. Like, man, my whole thing is I just want to make all my enemies just a worse, like weaker version of themselves. And you kind of can do that, but the way you make that build, you can kind of do that on any class. Yeah. It would be cool if they had like some passives that allowed them when they did certain things that it would, you know, that debuffs were possible or they could they could do some really cool things like that. I mean, just like in my mind, as you said that, like take the totem and just go wild with it. Like think of that that totem that the Necro has and just build a, you know, build a toolkit out of that of and even the damaging abilities like just. They could do something with status effects, like, um, you know, we have like the charged weapon trait to increase your chance to apply status status effects Do make sort of a passive that sort of mimics that, you know, or increase the duration Mm -hmm. of status effects as a as a passive. You know, I think if we kind of focus on that as their identity, then we have a real reason to bring Necros with our team comp. Our team strategy is we're going to weaken our enemies as much as we possibly can. And if that's what we're trying to do, you got to have a Necro. They're, They're the best at that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's that's kind of how I think they ought to handle it. We, man, that was a very unexpected little detour there. <laughs> a <our>, little detour. <laughs> I'll talk a little bit more more about necromancers after a while. But um, yeah, um, expect for our next episode for episode number one hundred, we should have PTS for the necrom for the necrom chapter. It's either next week or the week after. The uh, pe- opinions differ on whether some people say it's sure. next week, some people say it's the week after. Uh, it looks like it very well might be next week because the the kind of official live stream event where they're sort of deep diving into the details of the chapter and all that stuff, that's tomorrow. And it's usually okay. the, the Monday after that is usually when it drops. However, according to their normal sort of scheduling based on the release date and everything, it would be the following week <laughs> when it goes live. Guaranteed to happen before episode 100. Yeah, either way, uh, before uh, <laughs> with our next episode, that patch is going to be, or that PTS patch will be live. We'll be talking all about the Arcanist, all about any new armor sets, any crazy new stuff that that's that's going to be on there. Like I said, I have a feeling there's going to be some some weirdness that we're not expecting. I hope so. Oh, I'm sure. Um, I'm excited, man. I don't know. I haven't been this like like excited for yeah. a patch in a long time. I'm just excited to see you level a character again. 
I know. I haven't had a reason to level a character in such a long time. I have 13 already. You got any name ideas for your arcanist? Oh, I've got a couple. I got a couple uh couple names lined up. Okay. Keeping them a secret for now. Oh yeah. They'll they'll be revealed. Okay. All right. All right. Maybe maybe episode 100 I'll I'll, I'll go through some of the names. Okay. We'll do we'll put something in the Discord. We'll let the we'll let the students we'll let the stoon goons vote what my character name will be. Oh really? Gonna let the goons have a say. That's bold. That's bold. So as always, we're 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 always playing a lot of PvP. I have a few PvP stories I wanna tell. Um one is just a, a really valuable lesson that we learned with, with the Stoons goons. We were getting uh we were getting pretty sweaty one night. Um it was Let's see. I think it was. Can't remember the exact team. It, I think it was me, Uncle Sam, Wanna Buy My Dog, and KDMS, or maybe I think it was King Nar instead of Uncle Sam. I'm sorry, I can't remember exactly who it was. We kind of have a few people that we all kind of shuffle around, but we were queuing up in pre-maids. We were going up against two really, really good teams. Teams that we that are very well known, like two of the best teams on the entire server. Um, so we were, we were going up against them and as soon as we saw their names, we knew like, okay, we got to be on point. Like we got to not make any mistakes or, or just, that's just it. So, um, first match we were, um, it was kind of one of those matches where everyone's just kind of dancing around each other. It's taking a really long time for anyone to engage because no, nobody wants to be the first one to engage because then you just get third partied and wiped and that's just how it always goes. So you spend like the first, you know, five minutes of the match just kind of dancing around the map and <laughs> one of those things. And eventually it gets to a point where like, okay, something's got to happen. We got, we're, are we here to fight or not? So we'll go in and engage. And then this, this one particular team, every single time they would come in with the ult dump, wipe our entire team. And of course that that's what was going to happen. And we res and. Now we're dancing around the map again, not not fighting, not doing anything, you know, uh, until one of us engages again, and then it's another ult dump. And we knew that, that that's the strategy. It's all about these ult dumps, and we knew it was going to happen. We were trying to be prepared for it, but they just kept getting us anyway. It was too strong of an ult dump. You know, even if we are prepared for it, it gets us anyway. So that's just kind of how the match was going. Um, there was about two minutes left on the clock, and King Nar. Uh, who was healing, he said, you know what, guys, like, we got nothing to lose. We're the losing team right now. There's only two minutes left. Let's just go ham. Let's go as hard as we possibly can. Like, what what possibly is there to lose? Let's just have fun and go for it. So we started doing that. We started the, the team that was giving us the most problems, the ones that kept wiping us with those ult dumps and everything. We picked them out and we said, we're just going to go as hard as we can at them nonstop. Uh, and that's just what we're going to do until the till the time runs out. And so that's what we did. And those last two minutes, that was the best the match went the whole time for us. We didn't get a single ult dump after that. We actually picked up a couple of kills. Like, it totally started turning around. Uh, now, it was already the end of the match, so it was it was too late to to really turn it around. You know, we, we lost that match. But we learned our lesson there, and we queued right back up. Uh, and and luckily, that that main team that we were having trouble with they they were in the next match um the, the other team they were not but uh that's okay so we were like okay we learned our lesson at the very end of that match we're going to go hard at these guys the whole time we're not going to let up at all um 
So we did that as soon as the as soon as the match started. We just found them. We went right at them and just relentless, just as hard as we possibly could. We just trusted King Nar on heels. King Nar is going to keep us alive. We're just going to go nuts. Um, and the thing is, KDMS made a really great point that what we were doing, we were forcing them to use their defensive ultimates. They had no choice. If they wanted to stay alive, they have to use the Restolts and barriers and all that stuff, which means they can't do an ult dump because they don't have their ultimates mm -hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. We realized, you know, at first we were playing their game, you know, they were playing the ult dump game and our team's comp, we're not set up for ult dumps. You know, we're basically all playing solo builds with a healer is essentially what we're doing. We're, we're brawlers really is what we are. Mm -hmm. So like that, that ult dump, like that, that swoop in, dump your ults and then retreat and get your ultimate back. That that's not our game. We can't do that. We have to force them to play our game. And as soon as we started doing that, as soon as we just started pressuring them, forcing them to, to brawl. It was our game after that. And that second match, we won. We had the most kills. We had the fewest deaths. We won. And we were very proud of ourselves. I mean, I'm telling you, this is one of the best teams. Like, everyone knows these people's names. You know? Um, so, I don't know. We were just, like, totally, like, just electrified. We were feeling so good about ourselves. And ever since then, we've kind of adopted that. It's like, yeah, that's the goon way. That's how, that's how we play. Just when be we squad aggressive. Up. You know, be, be super what, aggressive. It's not about ult dumps. It's just about like just going hard. That's what it's about. Yeah. That, I mean, that's what stood out to me in this is that, and, and obviously that's, I mean, that's a very cool detailed story and like the, you know, the, the follow up and the, and the victory. It's like, you know, the, the, the perfect story. But it really, when you were talking to me about this, I really kind of just started thinking like, you know, when you're in those matches, I, I don't, I'm curious if you agree with me on this, but it always seems like that first fight, like that first fight that breaks out is just kind of a wash. Like, yeah. I feel like in most of those really high-end BGs, that first fight, there's always a delay to it, and then it happens, and then it goes the wrong way. And it's like, it almost takes a while for the, like, you have to let the fight go on for a while after that first fight starts till you actually start seeing how the BG's going to go. And so that's that was really what I kind of started thinking about on this, is it's like, you kind of just have to get that first melee that first brawl out of the way and then once and then you can kind of just start going with it you kind of start really seeing the actual bg come into play yeah exactly that's what we did that second match we we're like let's just get this thing started right now you know we're not going to do the mm -hmm. dance around thing we're not doing any of that we're, we're we're getting this thing started now and they weren't ready for it and and we were forcing them to to play our game and it was kind of us dictating how, how the pace of the match and how things were going to go and it's a totally different match. It was I've never I've never been that satisfied with a battlegrounds experience. Super cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's just that's a, a great lesson. You know, uh, oftentimes uh, an unrelenting offense can be the very best defense, and, and that's a perfect example of that. Um, another awesome BG experience we had recently. You and me, Davius. We we teamed up with our bow builds. Me on a uh, Bobby, my bow crow, and you on Bearclaw, your your bow warden. Uh, awesome duo. Every time we play with these yeah. two, we always say like, man, we got to get these two together more often. <laughs> it's like, we forget how fun they are together. Oh, they're so fun. It really was like just one of the just lighthearted, more fun duos that, uh, I've played in a while. Yeah. And they, they actually complement each other really nicely. They're both Oak and soul mm -hmm. builds. So it's just real simple. Yep. Um, so my, my bow crow, he uses Oakensoul, Swamp Raider, Morog Tong, and uh, One Piece Magma. Let me see if I can remember your bear claw build. Sure. It's uh, Oakensoul, Swamp Raider, two pieces Baylorg, 
Point Blank Snipe, Vatish Rainbow, and Two Trainee. That's the one. I knew it. Perfect. 100%. It's actually a really great duo because, so like, you're, of course, a Nord as always, and, and you're a Warden <laughs> who are just, they're just very hardy naturally. Oh, um, yeah. And that Oakensole ring makes you pretty tanky as well. And that mm-hmm. Vatish Rainbow incentivizes you to, to get close, to get up in melee range. Not so you're kind of that, that front line, kind of like, like that's kind of your thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And then I'm a squishy little wood elf, you know? So I'm, I'm able to kind of hang back, let you absorb the damage and stuff. And I'm tossing in damage as well. I have that Morog Tong set that's making everyone take 10% more poison damage, which you and I both benefit from. So we're both sort yes. of synergizing really nicely yep um you have the polar wind uh heal that you can heal me with i have uh resistant flesh that i can heal you with so we can we can watch each other's back when we need to just an awesome duo it really was it was it was such a great just puzzle piece of a duo they just fit together very nicely yeah they really And, and like you just said the synergy was fantastic Synergy is great. We can both play at range. I mean, even though ideally you're at close range, you still totally can play at long range. So when we when oh, we yeah, have to, absolutely. we can we can range people down and mm-hmm. um yeah, we we really do got it. We, we're you know we're both bow builds, so we're both fast. We can both run really quickly and reposition really quickly. And one of us needs to get the asylum bow at some point to kind of complete yeah. the the duo because we, we we would, would both be- benefit from that as well. That would be the perfect synergy piece. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe one day. And then one other awesome PVP story. Uh, we got the, the Sork squad together, the Execute Sorks. Uh, it was me, uh, Uncle Sam, KDMS, and King Nar, I believe, were, were the four people. And you remember uh, Mage's Wrath recently got that buff, right? It has an increased radius, yep. and the, the full radius does the full Execute damage. Um, and so these are all Sam Sorks, all execute Sorks using Kavach <laughs> Gladiator. So four of us with that buffed Mage's Wrath with a, a, a total of a 10 meter area for that Mage's Wrath, all four of us, we would just kick on the overloads and just light attack Mage's Wrath weaves into groups. That's the only thing we were doing and they would just vaporize. Just the entire group would vanish. We were seriously just cracking up laughing. Oh man, just um, deleting people hilarious now this was kind of during the daytime the real sweaty groups weren't on i think if we were to go up against some some really good groups they would shut us down but some daytime bgs man four execute sorks with the uh, mage's wrath and, and wearing the kvach gladiator set man all those all those mage's wraths just overlapping on top of each other just just freaking nuking just, everyone just too much hilarious uh no no plague break needed you know no azure blight needed like that's all you need to wipe someone right there <laughs> super fun uh a, also a quick public service announcement shout out to uncle sam for pointing this out to us um if you're a sorcerer using overload and if you happen to be using a bow um to get major expedition you know you um you roll dodge to get major expedition when you have a bow equipped well if overload is active you will not get the major expedition that's relevant to to my boat, my uh my sork. I have a bow on the back bar. That's how I get my major expedition. So um yeah, if overload's active, you won't get the major expedition from the roll dodge. If you turn overload off, huh. you will. PSA. Very strange. Weird bug. All right, so let's talk about some builds. Davius, I understand you have some changes to the Lord of Nord, your Stam DK. You want to tell us what's going on with him? The streak of talking about Lord of Nords continues, but now we've got... I hope we got, never break the streak. changes. Yeah, let's just see how long it can go. Uh, we've got big changes. You know, 
so many cool stories in this one you know we'll talk about it more later but you know uh the goons came together we did a a trial run my first trial shout out to all Davis's the goons first trial ever congratulations Just dude huge huge thanks to everybody who was there everybody was awesome really helped me out I got the set we talked about. I've got my Coral Riptide set. This is the dream set for Lord of Nords. Yeah. Got it. Um, so the new build is five-piece Coral Riptide, three-piece Agility, two-piece Bloodspawn, the Oaken Soul, and one-piece Trainee. Really? I mean, we were kind of talking about this. Really? It's been a lot of uh, tinkering. Uh, the damage is way, way up. That is just... The simple truth. The damage through the roof. Coral Riptide, for the way I play, my play style, like I, it's a pretty good joke between the goons. I run on about 5% stamina uh, at all times. That's yeah, just kind of where never I have live. Not, yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, don't just, just keep it, keep just enough in the tank. <laughs> um, but uh, the the new setup, and I'll talk about this a little bit later on. But kind of the, what the what the final setup for the build is is it's four medium pieces, three heavy pieces, uh, six of those well fitted uh, with the the chest is one of the heavy pieces. It's reinforced. Okay. Um, and then I'm running three bloodthirsty jewelry with two damage glyphs and one stamina recovery, and then still doing the sugar skulls for food and tripod potions. Nice. What's your Mundus? Uh, Mundus is stamina recovery, so the serpent. serpent yeah. Yes. Um, so sort of like obviously the Mundus big is that I can remember the name of. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, the biggest change is you know switching from the Ravager set to the Riptide, and really the best change for this is that Ravager, uh, still a great set. I, I will still find a use for it on a character. I don't know what character yet, but. Really, that Ravager, you know, it kind of had to ramp up the damage. Still a lot of damage, but I kind of really had to ramp it up. And, you know, there's times where if I didn't have it ramped up, then it would kind of cause my strategy to change because I had to ramp it up real quick, you know, before I wanted to use a leap or something like that. Yeah. Uh, the great thing to Coral Riptide is like, I just really don't worry about it. Like, I just kind of play. I'm not worried about trying to get stacks for damage. I just kind of play through. The stamina is going to empty itself on its own. Uh, and it's just so much damage. And, and you know, Coral Riptide, it's it's 740 weapon and spell damage if you're at 33% stamina. But like even if you're at like 50-60% stamina, it's still a lot of damage. Like it's still a pretty decent set out there. I mean, there's sets out there that the five-piece bonus is 300 weapon spell damage, 400 weapon and spell damage, and it increases your cost of your abilities. That's pretty easy to do with Coral Riptide. Like you almost get that much when you're at 60% stamina. So Yeah, you don't really have to be all that low to be getting really a lot from it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so uh I, I've really, really enjoyed the set. And and I haven't done a whole lot of testing with it yet, but uh I think that the I think the trade out is gonna be really, really good because really essentially what's happened at this point is I've dropped the five heavy pieces for three heavy pieces, but one of those being a reinforced chest, which I did not used to have before. So I think it's going to be pretty close, but my heals are a lot stronger. Riptide actually causes my heals to be much stronger. Um, I'm speedier, uh, you know, and and I feel silly saying this to you as the medium armor guru. Uh, you would have medium armor on all your builds, I feel like. <laughs> um, the medium armor passives are just, this is maybe a hot take, but they're just the best armor passives. I really <laughs> yeah, dove into are. the medium they're armor, really and it's like, holy cow, like, 
you're increasing your healing, you know, your heal, your critical heals uh, are getting stronger, you're faster, uh, your damage goes up, your sustain goes up if you're a stamina build. So uh, actually getting all of those passives adds a level of tankiness, if you will. And so I really think that the tankiness, maybe not as tanky before, but speedier, better sustain. You have better um, um, active defense. Yeah. Like your defense is not so passive, but it's more active. You know, you can take action in a given situation more because your sustain's better. Your abilities are more powerful because you have more damage behind them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just, I, I'm really excited to get this build out there and do a bunch of testing because I, I think that this is going to be, I think this is literally peak Lord of Nords. Like this is the best this build could possibly be. Because it just came together like the final pieces like late last night, right? Yep. So you haven't actually tested this version. That's exactly right. Late last night, I was putting the final pieces in place, getting the final transmutes going. Uh, All right, let's hurry up and get to the end of this podcast so that we can. (laughs) We got some BGs to hop into. I want to see this dude. I really do want to see this dude in action with us. Oh, man. I really is. I I think it's finally tip top peak Lord of Nords. The the Coral Riptide, he still has the tankiness. He's got those medium armor passives. He's still got six well fitted. He can roll dodge for days. Uh, I really think this is just going to be the perfect. Oh, yeah. Now you can so roll dodge good. even more, way more now. Yeah. Right? yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, the, you know, the, his sprint speed's faster. There's just so many things that, uh, man, it's going to be so good. All right. As soon as this is over. Seriously, you, you, can't, you can't go to bed until we play at least one battleground after this. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get a test in there for sure. For sure. I've been... Um, I've been playing uh, a lot of healers lately, so I'll, I'll give you some heals. Uh, cool. Is that all you got for Lord of Nords? That's pretty much Lord of Nords. He's, he's fully set. We'll get some testing in by next episode. The streak will, I, I'll tell you this, the streak will at least continue for one more episode. At least. I got to talk about what these results are. I hope it never ends. <laughs> just Lord of Nords every episode. Um. Even if you just say his name and nothing more than that. Yeah. Also and Lord, Lord of Nords. Nords. And, and I have a character still named Lord of Nords. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you have uh, some uh, something going on with Bearclaw, your your bow warden. Yeah. Also, you know, in the last episode, I talked about this bleed build, you know, Uncle Sam, the theorycraft. You know, it, what, I can't remember what his title is. The official theorycraft builder of, of what the, was it? the uh, podcast. The official build consultant. Of the scrolling yes, podcast. There it is. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So he, him, and I kind of put together this this bleed build that we really do think would be amazing. And so it was, yeah. I won't even get into the bleed build. We talked about it last episode, but that was kind of the goal. It's like, all right, Bear Claw. That's my my Stamden. That's my perfect character to do this bleed build. But the problem, if Sam's listening out there, you know, earmuffs here. Uh, I hopped on Bear Claw with this point blank snipe build. You know, we just talked about it. I just love this build too it's much. It's just like, too good. You can't give it up. It's it's the combination of like, it is effective, but it's not the best build out there by any means. But the combination of like, it's effectiveness with its ridiculousness uh-huh. and how much fun it is to play. It's so fun. It's peak. I can't, I can't get rid of I it. I seriously might it just straight the, copy that on my Stamden. It's so much fun to play. Yeah. It is so much fun. Uh, just a reminder of the build. It's it's five-piece Swamp Raider, two-piece Baylor. You actually already got this earlier. Two-piece trainee, uh, the Vatishran, point-blank snipe bow, Oaken Soul, uh, ring, um, five medium, one heavy, one light, all seven well-fitted. 
Um, and then it's got, um, right now it actually has three infused jewelry with two damage glyphs and one stamina recovery. I think I'm going to start swapping those out for Bloodthirsty. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that's going to be the way to go. At least two of those Bloodthirsty. I might leave one with the stamina recovery infused just to get a little bit more recovery. Yeah. Um, but at least two bloodthirsty with those point blank snipes. It's oh man, it's going to be nasty. Um, sugar skull food, tri uh, potions. Um, but man, it's just, I just it, this is. I mean, we've said this before. Bear, bear claw. You know, I love me a wacky build, and bear claw is always the wackiest of my builds. He always just he kind of takes that spot. But it's just so much fun. To be in the melee range, you're in the melee, you see these brawlers, you see these DKs, you know, these just, you're in the fight, people are hitting, you know, Templars hitting you with jabs, and I'm in there with a bow, just rearing back, <laughs> letting go right at their face. Three meters just, away. Yeah, three meters away, and then it's just, it never fails, it's a snipe, and so they're like, what the frick just happened? Like, even if I'm far away, they're rushing me like, oh, look at this sniper. Yeah. They run up to me, and it's perfect. The closer you get, you're, you're, you're falling right into what I want to do. That's the best part. Because, like, people, yeah. people hear that snipe noise, and they assume, oh, there's an easy kill. Let me go chase that person down really quick. Little do they know, you're a Nord, and you're a Ward, and you're not an easy kill at all. And the closer they oh. get, the harder those snipes are hitting. Yeah. Just the, <laughs> and, and that's probably my favorite thing about this build is this build takes chunks of health. Yeah. I mean, just chunks of health start disappearing with this build. And that was really, you know, the combo with Bobby, your, your uh, bow crow, it was like, you know, Bear Claw was just taking chunks of health and then Bobby was just coming in there and finishing them off. It was, it's just such a fun build. I, I can't, I can never get rid of it. The defense of it, like it really is, it can be up close and personal. I know that, you know, it's in five medium, but the defense of a warden, I mean, it. I've got vigor on the build. I've got shimmering shield. I've got polar wind. Yeah. So I've got a strong heal. I've got the heal over time. I've got the damage shield. I've got another heal over time with vigor. It truly is a bow brawler. It really is. It's the bow brawler. And then the damage is just off the charts with the with the point blank snipe, with the you know the oaken soul ramping up damage a little bit, and then your your swamp raider. Uh, you got sub the in there too. Hard. Right? Yep, sub assault uh, hits hard, and then the bull ult with Baylorg is just the cherry on top. Oh yeah, the the toxic barrage. Oh man, when, yes. we, when we would both lay into someone with two toxic oh, barrages, I don't double, care how tanky you are, toxic dude. Toxic barrage. It's good night. Oh man, and I love the perfect circle this build makes because it goes back to that shimmering shield. That shimmering shield. It's a Nord, the Oaken Soul Ring. The ultimate is just ramping up like crazy, just up, yeah. up, 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 and so I'm just. Popping that that toxic barrage with the Baylorg kicking in every time. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful little perfect circle. Mother of Dragons says that's just the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Saying it's toxic is too easy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so good. Oh yeah, so that toxic good. barrage is it's too even just one of them is crazy strong. Two yeah. of them, forget it. Yeah. When we were doing that duo, we would we were doing double toxic barrage and it was it was pretty yeah, you get yours about twice as often as I do, but still. Because <laughs> that Shimmering Shield and you're a Nord, so yeah, you just get it a lot yeah. faster. Well, and the Oaken Soul giving you minor heroism. I mean, it's just it's just going off all the time. Yeah. And it works so well with that Baylord because you're just you're getting that damage ramp and that penetration. It just works out well. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Good old Bear Claw. 
Yeah, I'm kind of I'm glad that you're sticking with you know being a bow bill like a bow brawler build. That's always been his that's thing. Just, that's just who he is. Yeah. He's a bow brawler. It's always been his thing. Yeah, but those bleed wardens, th- there are some out there. That, that's a good like Man, option yeah. for a build. I, I still think that you know I may put it together. I don't know if I'll, I I may end up making another warden. Who knows? But uh, it's still a really good build. You and that it, armory, it, it does. You know? Yeah, it it does need to get put together. No, I. I do have armory. I even have the armory assistant, but just something about the purity of my characters. If I do make <laughs> I that build, it would have to be on a different character. I, I as, understand. As insane as that sounds. <laughs> I do get it. Somehow I do get uh, it. It's the old school. It's old school ESO players in us. Yeah. Oh, a different build? That's got to be a different character. There are certain things like old Betsy, her back bar weapon must be a bow. No exceptions. Mm-hmm. Sorry. That's just, that's just got to be there. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, cool, man. Anything else about Bearclaw? No, just, uh, I, I really do. I, I hope you, I hope you do just copy it just so you can play it for a little bit. I highly recommend it to anybody. It's a very, very easy build to, 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 to put together. You know, all those pieces are very easy to get. Um, it's just so much fun. I highly recommend it to everybody out there. It's just so much fun to go into BG and just, it, it, you said it best, just the yakety sacks. That build is yeah. Bear Claw's always been the yakety sacks of builds. It's funny. Oh, man. I, I seriously am like giggling to myself so much when we're playing <laughs> with that, with, when you're on that dude. It's like, just, it really is funny to watch just how much damage it is and how <laughs> you really are just right in their face, just drawing that bowstring back. Oh, so good. Yeah. So good. Well, uh, we were talking about necromancers earlier and how they're not in the best shape. And I guess I'm, uh, I don't know, a masochist or something. Uh, <laughs> I've, been, I've been, or, or something, <laughs> or something, or something. Uh, I've been playing with my Magcro Despair. I'm just trying to find a good build that works well on a Necromancer that feels like a Necromancer. Um, I'm always trying to do this, where it's like, what, what's the class that's not, you know, the top performing class? I want to try to do something good with them. Um, and Despair has always been a support build, uh, so I'm, I'm sticking with that sort of mentality of making her supportive, but I also want to be a bit more offensively minded as well. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's kind of where I'm coming from. So her build is kind of uh, in, in the, currently in, like in the state of evolving. I have like this sure. gear setup that, I'm, that I've been using, and it's, it's good. It works right now, but I probably will continue to make some changes to it. But... Um, the gear that I that I've been using the last few days is uh, Robes of the Hist, aka Hist Sap, uh, as a double bar set. Wretched Vitality on the back bar with a rest with a resto staff. Um, I've been alternating between the Maelstrom and the Master's Frost Staff on the front bar. I've been going back and forth; they're both really good. Um, Gaze of Sithis Mythic Helm and One Piece Magma Incarnate. It's a light armor setup. It's all divines. Uh, the jewelry is all swift with spell damage glyphs. Uh, the frost staff is charged. The resto staff is powered. Uh, I did make her a vampire stage three, and she does have the new mist form, the the speedy mist, the the elusive mist. Really, really awesome on a on a necromancer. Nice. Yeah, finally a me- necromancer has some mobility. So it's, it's really really cool. <laughs> no thanks to the necromancer. <laughs> Mother Dragon says, don't all of your characters have that? You're talking about the mist form? Uh, no, so far, right now, it's just Betsy and this one. Uh, those are the only two. They'll eventually all have it. 
there's a good chance. Ket's going to be the first person to have a to have a Stam and a Magsork both have Misform instead of Streak. <laughs> was a, I think it was slow motion or somebody was using Misform on a, on a Sorcerer. I can't remember. Oh, that's hilarious. But um, it's essentially the same old despair as far as my approach and how I play her. Uh, it's all about enemy suppression. It is a it's a support build, but it's a very aggressive support build. It's uh, You're not hanging back in the back of the team watching people's health bars. You are leading the charge. You are, you know, you're throwing a bunch of nasty business onto your enemies. And it's a, it's a very, it's a very aggressive way of providing support. Uh, so it's all about making our, our enemies weaker. That's kind of the primary focus uh, while also healing our allies when, when we need to. Um, so I'm using Wall of Frost and Caltrops. That is, if I'm if I have the Maelstrom Destro Staff, uh, then I'm using Wall of Frost. Of course, if I use the Masters, I switch to to Frost Clench. Um, but between those two, Wall of Frost and Caltrops, I get both Major and Minor Breach in an AOE. So I just I just make sure all of my enemies are always standing in that. That's like nine thousand penetration that I'm applying to everyone. So on top of whatever other penetration my my teammates have, it's really nice. Um, I got rid of the remote totem. I don't have that anymore as much as I like it. It's a great ability, but, uh, I wanted to make more room for more offensive damage abilities. So I do have, um, mm -hmm. blast bones, the stamina morph for the, for the defile, uh, and force pulse as my, uh, as my spammable, which does AOE damage, by the way, it bounces between targets who have, um, status effects on them. So it's, it's a really good amount of AOE pressure with, um, with Caltrops, Wall of Frost, Blast Bones, the Force Pulse. It's a lot of AOE stuff happening there. All of that is applying status effects, you know, have um, that charge trait. So, you know, every single damage type that touches them basically is applying that status effect. So Force Pulse has all three elemental damage types. Um, they're, um, what else do I have? I have the Defiles from, uh, from Blast Bones, all of that. That's just sticking to them. Um, and then the healing kit, it's all focused on like long range targeted heals. I think that's kind of the one thing that Necros excel at as far as support goes, um, compared to other classes, you know, you think of a warden, they're kind of like close range AOE heals, uh, yeah. and, um, a, a Necromancer is more like long range single target. Like you're, you're picking someone out and making sure they don't die. So I'm really trying to lean into that since that is kind of their thing. So it's uh, Intensive Mender, Rapid Regen, and Resistant Flush, and then I have the Resto Ult uh, as well. Um, I think Rapid Regen is honestly the most valuable healing ability that I have. Like, basically, like, if stuff's really going down, like, we're really under a lot of pressure, it's a big kind of brawly scrap, um, basically what I do in that situation is, of course, I make, my, make sure my AoEs are on the ground, I make sure my Intensive Mender is active, and then I just spam Rapid Regen like constantly just over and over and over and over again. Um, cause as long as I'm co constantly spamming it, then everyone on my team has it on them. And it's a really strong yeah. heal over time. Uh, and it's pretty cheap. So you can, you can spam it pretty easily. Uh, so as long as your menders active and you just spam that thing constantly, that alone is really good healing, honestly, like that's kind of all you need. And then just focus heal with resistant flesh when you need to pop that resto ult. If it's a, if it's a real hairy emergency, um, mm -hmm. It's a pretty simple healing kit, but kind of doing it that way, it works pretty well for me. That Hist Sap set has become one of my favorite armor sets. It's a it's a really great armor set. It's an Overland set. I think it comes from Shadowfen. It's pretty cheap. Um, it's it's been a great set 
for the entire history of its existence, pretty much. I think <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people sleep on it, but um, it's a kind of a rare set. It's a it's purely a selfish um, defensive set. It it only applies to you. It's not something that you can help your teammates with. It's just keeping yourself alive. Um, and it's a light armor set. I think that's what makes it unique because you get yeah. this really good survivability. It's got a really strong five piece bonus. Um, but it, then you can, you can easily use it in a light armor setup. So you get those light armor passives with good sustain. You can still have good damage, even though it's a defensive set. Um, it is, it's a super comfy set to use too. Uh, if you, if you don't remember, it's a set that it gives you like a 2000 heals per second for five seconds. Anytime you're hit with any kind of uh, CC ability, whether it's a snare or a mobilize or, or anything. Yeah, it really does kind of work as the is the it's kind of the light armor version of Mara's bomb. It is. It's a it's a light armor version of Mara's bomb, which to me and the way I like to make make my builds makes it a superior version to Mara's bomb because I don't like heavy armor. <laughs> yes. You can't stand. So this is this is your this is your preferred version yeah. of Mara's bomb. And it's easy. I mean, anytime you're fighting anyone, that's going to be an easy 100% uptime on that. You're always getting hit with at least some kind of snare or something. So you're always going to have that. So I just like the fact that I get those light armor passives and a really strong defensive five-piece bonus. I just feel nice and comfortable in this set. Like, I feel like I can just yeah. kind of do anything, go anywhere, and and feel confident. Um, I would I, I would just say this about Despair. I mean, great, great character. One of the best. It's one of my favorite builds to do it with you if, if I'm being selfish and want your healer just because of what it's capable of. But I, to me... Despair is really the character that that brought, like, brought the realization of Necros to me. Because, I mean, it, it, like I said, this is a great build, great character. But as you said earlier, you're you're running one. Is it one or two Necro actual Necro abilities? Four total. Uh, but I'll I'll talk more about that in a minute. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, this is the one that kind of brought the realization. Is just this used to be hands down the most dominant character like the like I, I feel like this character used to be a character that you actually stopped using because when you brought this into a, a team comp it just was oppressive it was like, an it auto was win almost yeah yeah it really got to auto win status and then they kept making all of these changes to necro and it it's it's just not it's it's not an auto win anymore still a fantastic build still amazing support and works really well but it's I feel like all the good things about it now are, are really just the setup and, 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 and you're, you're playing it, not necessarily the Necro anymore. Yeah, you're exactly right. That's, that's a point that I'm going to make here in just a second. Um, first, I want to mention those, like, um, so I'm talking about this Hissap set and how much I enjoy it, but I'm actually probably, or I'm definitely going to try replacing it with the Serpent's Disdain set. Uh, that's a crafted okay. set, and it extends the duration of all of your status effects by 16 seconds. That's an easy one to overlook, but man, it's a very good set. So uh, status effects, that's that's like the poison status, burning status, uh, sundered, you know, all that stuff. Um, those all last between four to six seconds. You know, they're very short durations. Um so if you're extending all of those to 20 seconds, basically, that's essentially permanent is what that's going to be. Like, yeah, that's permanent upside. That's going to be permanent because that's going to have a 20-second duration. Say like the poison status, that's going to have a 20-second duration. Almost certainly within that 20 seconds, that status is going to get reapplied and that duration just starts over another 20 seconds, you know. Uh, and that, that applies to all of my statuses. I have all three. I have, I have 
almost all statuses that are in the game. I think bleed is the only status that I don't have in this build. Um, our buddy Uncle Sam, he's the one that turned me on to this, uh, this set, by the way. He uses it on his dot uh, build on his Necro. Uh, and the way he describes it is it's like once you get your hooks in somebody, it kind of takes a few seconds to get all the statuses on them and everything and all of that, and they don't even really realize what's happening. Um, but by the time it's all happening, it's, it's kind of too late and they they can't crawl out of that hole that they're in all these, all these statuses. It's like death by a billion paper cuts, you know? Um, so that seems like honestly, like the perfect set for despair for like the theme of her, like what I've always yeah, tried to make absolutely. her do, you know, like weakening enemies and making it like just difficult for them to do anything. If I can just have uh, a permanent uptime on almost every status effect in the game on everyone nearby. I think that'll be pretty good. I'll have to give up that defensiveness from his sap to do it, though, but it might be worth it. Oof. But I think I probably, I at least have to try it. I think I'll probably end up sticking yeah. with it. That's going to be really strong, I think. Yeah. Um, Master Ice Staff versus the Maelstrom Ice Staff. It could go either way. They're both really good. I think kind of my thinking is if I'm with a group and I'm really thinking about the group effort, Probably the Maelstrom Ice Staff with Wall of Frost is going to be the most beneficial there. And if I'm playing solo and I'm really more concerned about my own personal performance, I want to get more kills, uh, then the Master Ice Staff, I think, gives me a little bit more actual killing power myself. Uh, so I'll probably just kind of just continue to, to switch back and forth depending on the situation. Um, I really like this build. I've been having a lot of fun with it. I, I, like, I look forward to coming home from work and logging on and playing with my Mag Crow. Uh, the biggest gripe is what you were just saying, Davius. It's not a necromancer build. I mean, I'm playing it on yeah. a necromancer, but it's not a necromancer build at all. I could I could copy paste this gear onto any class and be equally effective. You know, like like I said earlier, on my front bar, blast bones is my only class ability that I have slotted. That's it's not unique in any way. Like most classes have yeah. a a delayed burst ability. You know, absolutely, and. Like I said on my back bar, it's it's an armor buff. That's not unique. Resistant flesh isn't unique. You know, every every class has something like that, basically. I'm just toting that mender around is really the only kind of special thing that I have, and it's not all that great anymore. I think that's the part that hurts me the most about this build is that I feel like if you took this exact same setup and threw it on a warden, it would be better. And I just Oh, it'd be it I mean stings. I mean it stings to know that. I mean, if I put this on a warden First of all, automatically the warden does twelve percent more damage, right? Frost staff, Oof. Oof. right there, right off the bat. Also, no need to run a defensive set on on a warden with this kind of build, right? I could get rid of that his mm -hmm. sap do a damage set instead, so they're doing even more damage. Plus, they have superior heals anyway. Yeah. So yeah, you're totally right. I I should be playing this on a warden. That's and that's kind of I Don't feel like it. I kind of I'm have against to, it. <laughs> I feel like I kind of have to say that to people too when I'm queuing up when we're grouping up. I'm like, hey, I know this would be better on a warden. I'm just playing on this for fun. Luckily, all of our 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 guild mates are cool and we're like, ah, just play what you want to, man. It's all good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, it's a great build if you're wanting to play a necromancer build that that feels like a necromancer it feels thematically appropriate and it, and it works well this this is it um but yeah nothing about being a necromancer really makes it special the only thing the only thing i think being a necromancer makes it special is that it happens to kind of be fitting for the identity of like weakening enemy, yeah. enemies and all that kind of stuff yeah absolutely but even the defile like um uh, wardens have like a better source of the major defile with the the other morph of budding seeds corrupting pollen like 
they can do the exact same Gosh. thing, you know. Gosh darn it. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the kind of stuff to be that, I don't know, I'm just confused by. Like, wardens shouldn't be debuffing people. Like, that's not what they're about at all. Yeah, yeah. I think they need to take that out. Make like, Let that be a necro thing specifically, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So that's despair. I think, yeah, I'm going to try that serpent's disdain, but otherwise this, that's probably what this build's going to be. I will say this build is, this build's amazing. I mean, you were, you were running it, uh, last night and doing fantastic and you weren't even in stage three vampire. Yeah, that's true. You have your like number one defense and you were still doing fantastic. So it's, it is a good, it's a good build. That, that mist form. And plus I have three swift on the jewelry. So having that with mist form, I like, I can't get focused, you know, like anyone who tries to focus me, I'm, I'm too slippery. Plus I'm a healer. I have really strong heels, um, that, um, that his sap set, if they ever do get a hold of me, I kind of have that that buffer to to keep me safe. It's a very comfy build, like I, like I keep saying, it's it just feels very comfy. Like I, I'm I'm like nice and safe as long as I'm on this build. Um, only other build I've been playing with, uh, well, I've been playing with Betsy, of course, as always. But I've also been playing <laughs> with Aunt Lola, my magical warden healer. I always play my healers kind of side by side. Um. Aunt Lola's still in amazing shape. She's an Oaken Soul build. It's Oaken Soul, uh, Mara's Balm, Rallying Cry, and One Piece Magma Incarnate. She is nigh impossible to kill um, with, <laughs> with Mara's Balm and Rallying Cry. Um, it's um, Budding Seeds, Healing Springs, and uh, Polar Wind are her, her healing abilities, um, plus the, the tree's ultimate. Sounds like a small healing kit but it, it is ample man with oaken soul giving me all those buffs and everything it's some super duper strong heals and the fact that i don't have to worry about any kind of buff management i don't have i don't have any like damaging abilities all i have to do is heal i can just focus on that and that alone it's a really fun build to play because it is so strong like i've taken this into some ultra mega sweaty matches and got the job done you know it was sufficient heals and I like that it's just so simple. It's really just kind of three buttons that I'm pushing here. Uh, I can stay alive really easily. I'm I'm really helping the team. Um, I really like it. It's really fun. So I don't really have a lot more to say about that other than just, you know, that's that's what the build is and it's still good. And I and I strongly recommend it for anyone who wants a build that's easy that and, and gets yep. results. You know? Good old oak console builds. Love them. And what we were saying about how at some point you're just going to kind of mention Lord of Nords just to mention him. It's kind of what I'll do with Betsy. She's still awesome. <laughs> like, I don't really have anything to say that I haven't said uh, in the pa- past like six episodes in a row or whatever. But um, I, I just have to say this. And we talked about it in episodes. But Miss Form and Betsy is the marriage we needed that we just never knew we needed. It's, she's been waiting for it this whole time. It really like has know. unlocked her in a way. Pretty amazing. <laughs> and she's the, reached her final form. And the stage three <laughs> vampire. I'm so proud of like just like she has such complete buff coverage, you know, like um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the damage is really good, the sustain feels good, the mobility is there. I've never once sacrificed her core identity as being like this speedy speed plar. Um, no. and she's just kind of gained all this other stuff along the way and just become better and better and better and yeah. nerf after nerf after nerf. She just keeps getting better. Um, <laughs> yeah. she's, 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 she's holding the Stamplars on her back. Yeah. Yeah. And I also feel so proud that she's, she's straight up a Stamplar, you know, like 
She's a little hybridy for um, like support purposes for being able to heal a little bit. It's really just wretched vitality, giving her some extra magic recovery hey, is it. She's still jabbing. I mean, that's Stamplar through and through right there. I mean, but yeah, she's a Stamplar. She's she's you know in medium armor. She's most of her offensive abilities are stamina based. Um, so I don't feel like I've uh, I don't feel like I've sold out. I don't feel like I've sold Betsy out. You know, through anything <laughs> like and she's. And she's better than she's ever been. So. Yeah, I, the, the 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 precision strike of Betsy has always been like the go to. Like get in there, hit the damage, and then get out. Things go bad, and it's it's so much crazier and more extreme than it's ever been right now. Like I've been on Betsy's on on my team, or I've been against Betsy and BGs. Now that we've got all these guild events going on, and it's like. When you're against Betsy, it's like when the when the team is coming down on you, she's in there, she's dealing the damage, she's gonna get kills. And then even if you like overcome the team that Betsy's on, like you like, okay, you take down one, you take down two, like, all right, we're gonna take down this team. You look up and you're like, wasn't there a temp like a stamplar around here a second uh, ago? Yeah. Like, where where did that like she's just out, she's waiting for the team, she comes back in. The precision strike is like it's 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 really cool to see. Yeah, she's just the best. I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and mention what the build is if I can even remember without it being written down. It's a wretched vitality <laughs> back bar with a bow. Deadly strikes as uh, a double bar set. Um, Black rose dual wield front bar with the perfected maces. Uh, Sithis helm and one piece magma. Yeah, that's the build. There it Strongly is. Strongly recommend. And it's all about those AOE pulses, right? Solar barrage, mm-hmm. uh, deadly cloak, uh, mist, the, the blood mist with the AOE damage, and um, and a crescent sweep ultimate with jabs. Uh, it's all just like you know your big walking ball of AOE damage. And all the all bloodthirsty jewelry. Um, it's great. Strongly recommend it. You can also just go back and listen to any of the past six episodes to get <laughs> lots and lots of details about the build. Um, in PVE land, like you mentioned earlier, Davis, we did uh, we did a trial. We did uh, the Dread Sail Reef. Uh, nor- one normal. Uh, shout out to King mm. Nar. He's done it a few times before, so he led us through it, and you know, masterful job. Uh, didn't let yeah. us down. We did two runs, maybe like I don't know, twenty minutes or so per run. It was it, it was easy on normal. Yeah, it it really was. It was super easy. It was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we had a whole bunch of goons in there. We had some some friends of goons in there. It was a, it was a good fun run. And I was actually surprised. Like for that being my first trial run, I was blown away with just how much gear and how much loot is going around in those things. Yeah. Like I was kind of caught off guard. It is just, you know, I know there's 12 players, so there's 12 options of loot dropping, but there's so many chests in there and then the yeah. bosses. I mean, there's just loot galore. Like you just you're just constantly it's just going everywhere. And also uh, in was, trials too, like you you really want to loot everything, like random cabinets yes. and closets and stuff. You get motifs and stuff in those things, like any backpack, like you want to make sure you loot all that stuff. Yeah, there was just stuff everywhere. It was it was a uh, it was a lot of fun. I actually was the uh the off tank, if you will. So I had yeah. the easiest job in the entire group cuz Kingnar just totally uh, carried us as a tank, so <laughs> I was just running around having fun looking at things. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty cool trial. It looks, it it looks fantastic. Yeah, your first trial. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, now you, you can't Got say cool you've never done a trial now. Yeah, it's done. It's over. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. So I think we're gonna do it again um, this next Monday because we still have some other goons that are wanting some gear from there. So I think 
we're just going to call Monday our PVE night and we may or may not do something yeah. every single Monday. Like we were planning to do it again last night, but then everyone who showed up just wanted to do BGs. So that's what we did <laughs> instead. Um, but I think next week we, we really will do it. Yeah. And I think we even got some, I think we've even got some people potentially want to switch to rock grove after this. Yeah. One, so. Yeah. I think, I think why not? Some, Let's just some trial stuff happen. Yeah. May as well. Um, and other PVE news, you've been farming for your heavy attack build, right? How's that Let me been just going? get the sigh out. Let me just exhale. <laughs> you know, so just quick update on the heavy attack build. Um, I am trying to farm uh, my, uh, what, what, what is the set? I don't even remember the name of the set. There's Stormmaster the, and there's Sergeant's Mail. Storm. You're needing the, the Sergeant's Mail Lightning Staff, right? Sergeant Mail Lightning Staff. Yeah. That's my final piece. I have everything else. I've, I've got the rest. Uh, but, you know, you have to get to that final... Um, you have to get to that final boss to drop the weapons. I'm on uh, up to the 23 runs. Classic Star Jumper RNG. Run. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's Maelstrom all over again. And, you know, I really started thinking about this because when I did Maelstrom, it was just complete RNG, you know... Who knows? There was no end in sight. It was just, you know, I just went crazy during that. But I really am wondering, um, I might actually go the mathematical max amount of runs to get this, uh, to get this like could stuff. happen was like 30 something runs. It's got to be like in the thirties, right? Thirties yeah. is the mathematical maximum. I want to say 37. I think I figured it out one time, but I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. That's 14 more runs out of my 23, 14 to go. Oh, what a nightmare. But yeah, you know, still uh, still on that farm to get my heavy attack uh, PvE build going. Once you get it, though, it's going to be sweet. Yeah. How, how many runs? Just Let's just, out of curiosity, how many runs did it take you to get uh, your lightning staff? I really don't remember. Not enough for me to take note. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> What's that like? <laughs> We got some emails to talk about. Scrollingpodcast at gmail.com is the place to send your emails. Um, You can send us any questions, anything you'd like to hear us talk about, any suggestions for the show, uh, uh, food-related emails, always Mm -hmm. welcome. Mm -hmm. Uh, Really anything. could be Elder Scrolls-related or not, as long as it's uh, family-friendly, you know. Uh, Scrollingpodcast at gmail.com. Every week. Uh, Davia Starjumper is going to uh, pick his favorite email of the bunch, and then that person is going to win uh, a gold prize. Uh, this episode and the next episode, it's going to be a cool million. After that, who knows how much Ooh. it's going to be, but uh, we're doing the million this time. The big one. The biggie. First email comes from uh, our friend Pill in a White Strike. Uh, he says, Greetings, scrollers. I have two questions. If that means you have to give me two million gold, I'm okay with that. Well, we'll see. We'll see what tree. Um, as an all-game mode enjoyer, it's nice to hear you're getting into PvE content. I look forward to Uncle Sam leading the goons through Dreadsail Reef. Actually, that was King Gnar. <laughs> Sam was in there, actually. He was part of the, the Sam, Dreadsail run. official, release the news now, Uncle Sam was doing PvE content. I saw it. I saw it firsthand. 
he 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 might not he might not like to admit it, but he actually has a totally broken Nightblade PVE build that does like a gajillion DPS. But yeah, it's um. Anyway, Pelinal says, but there's one game mode that's uh, conspicuously absent from your discussions. I'm talking, of course, about Tales of Tribute. Just kidding, it's Cyrodiil. <laughs> um, you're big fans of BGs, obviously, and speak fondly of Imperial City, but rarely mention the OG PvP mode. Uh, what keeps you out of there? The performance, the long horse rides, or something else? Uh, my short answer is yes. Davius, what do you think? <laughs> so I actually, I actually have spent quite a bit of time in Cyrodiil recently. I actually, in this last campaign, I got six characters to the tier one rewards. Mm, jealous. Needed a lot. Needed a lot of transmutes to get that Lord of Nords build uh, just right. Nice. Um, but the entire time I was in there, I actually was thinking about this. This is before I even saw this email, but I was thinking about this quite a bit about. What about Cyrodiil? Because, uh, like, why why don't we go there? Like, why aren't we there more often? Um, and I think it just like the the simple truth of it is is it's just it, it sounds like a simple answer, but I, I can't express how like how much it is the reason for me. It's way 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 too big, <laughs> way too big. We are we play BGs with regular players. And we get bored in a flag game when we have to run or a, a land grab, whatever the heck they're called. Right. <laughs> the flag land grabbing. Uh, but when we have to run from one flag to the next, we like it's, you know, like we get bored in a BG match right. that we're running around in flags. I mean, in Cyrodiil, it is just so incredibly massive. I mean, I on all six of those characters getting tier one with all of them. Uh, I bet I, I bet 75% of the time I was in there, I was on my mount running to a fight. Yeah. Uh, just running from fight to fight to fight. When there is a fight, I actually really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Like when you're in a good siege fight, whether you're defending a keep or attacking a keep, like it's a lot of fun. You got siege engines going, you got people up on the wall, you know, trying to defend. And then like when you first break down that door, there's like that initial rush in. Oh, no doubt there's, there's amazing like a, moments in Syria. Yeah. Like it's so, it's so cool. And I had those, but it was like, even through that fight, like when that fight finally ended, it's like, you got to look at the map. You've, and, and the way that it's set up, like you can't go to a keep that's being attacked. Like I get that. Like I get why you can't do that. But like, if there's a keep being attacked. You can't port, you know, you can't port there. You've got to you've got to hop on your mount and run all the way there. Like it's and and you know I know that they've got yeah. Then you these, get ganked and okay, I got to run all the way back. Yeah, <laughs> and I get that they've got respawn camps. Like I, I I'll be honest. Like I don't do enough Cyrodiil. I don't understand the respawn camps. Sometimes they'll put up a respawn camp. I can never even respawn there at all. And even if I can use it, I think it's got a one limit use. So sometimes right. even if you can use it, it's just one and done. So. I, it, it, to me, the, the amount of the, the of running around just looking for a fight, I honestly, truly believe you could reduce the size of the Cyrodiil zone by 50%. And that still might not be making it small enough. But that that's all that was going through my head is when I was getting those, running with those six characters is if you cut that, the, the size of that zone in half, I just think it would be so much more fun. I know that they're not going to do that and they're not going to put resources in to that kind of Cyrodiil at this point. But like, I just kept imagining of like, if you cut that zone in half, how much it would encourage actual fights and, and, you know, just skirmishes and, 
and all of these different fights, it would be so much more fun. Like it's, it, I don't think it would take anything away from the experience. You'd still have keep fights. You'd still have all those types of fights. But I think that's part of what's missing in Cyrodiil is that if there ever is a fight, it's at a keep or a camp. Like they've got all this crazy, really, you know, elevated style terrain. But there's never fights on all this unique terrain. You're never actually fighting on it. You're just always going to the keep and fighting. If you if you made the zone smaller and actually had fights in between the keeps or in these unique terrain spots, I just think it would be so much better. Uh, it, it's just, I, I can never get behind it with the size it is now. I just, I don't want to go and run around on my mount the entire time. Like, I'd rather do a BG. Yeah. You know, I'm never like thinking like, logically like what are the pros and cons i want to do some pvp let me weigh the pros and cons between battlegrounds and cyrodiil and imperial city you know i'm just kind of going on impulse so like okay I feel, i'm in the mood for some pvp what sounds like fun bgs that sounds like fun i'm going to mm -hmm. queue up i'm going to get right into some action right away it's going to be awesome like when when cyrodiil comes to mind like good times are not like the feeling that <laughs> that, <laughs> that happens you know uh, I'm, I'm thinking about that horse simulator. Absolutely. I'm thinking about, well, mm -hmm. I, if I die, it's going to be a giant pain in the neck because it's going to take forever to get back to the fight. Um, I think the, the simple answer is BGs are just more fun, you know, just plain and simple. Yeah. It's just more fun. You're, you're in the action most of the time. It's usually fair fights, you know, with an even number of players on each team. There's an MMR system. So you're not overpowered. You're not underpowered, you know, more or less, you know, of course there's, yeah exceptions but it's um in general you're guaranteed kind of a fair fight whereas in cyrodiil you're going to get zerged down or you're going to do the zerging it's 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 very rare that you get into like a really good fair fight yeah um yeah the things that you mentioned uh Pelinal, about the horse simulator and and um when performance is an issue that is very very frustrating um those things are are certainly a part of it but there's also a couple of specific things that I think that it's not like I'm consciously thinking like, yeah, because of that, I don't want to go to Cyrodiil, but it, it is something that used to entice me that isn't there anymore, which is bridge fights. Man, I used to love oh, bridge man. fights. That, that's our best Cyrodiil moments. I, I would say that for the both of us. Some of our best Cyrodiil moments are are those insane, just crazy wild bridge fights. Because that was a guaranteed, you know, there's going to be a fight there. You know, like if you can't find action in Cyrodiil, at the very least, you know, there's action at the bridge. Wasn't a long run to it. Wasn't a very long run. Um, they made bridges destructible now. So, you know, now a fight gets so big, of course, someone probably on Ebonheart Pact is going to bust out the siege. Uh, <laughs> and, and then it's only a matter of time before the, the bridge crumbles and bridge fights over. Uh, it used to not be the case. And there was all, it was like this choke point where guaranteed there's going to be a big, awesome fight going on at the bridge. And that would back in the day, I would, I would think of the bridge and I'd be like, yeah, let's go to Cyrodiil. That sounds like fun. You know, mm -hmm. now that's just not there. So that's just not a thing that pops in my mind. Um, another thing, it might sound silly, but it really is a big factor. Um, Cyrodiil is much less of a visual spectacle than it used to be. And that used to be a big thing that would draw me there back in the day. Like yeah. for, um, for performance reasons over the years, they have started hiding visual effects that don't necessarily affect your character, especially a lot of like friendly, like abilities that allies are casting that don't really do anything to you. A lot of times you just, you're not seeing those things that are happening 
Whereas used to, you saw everything, every animation played for everybody. And it was, it was a mm-hmm. dazzling display, especially if it was at night, you see like a big Zerg fight. You could just like set up on a hill and watch this like <laughs> fireworks display. I mean, it was amazing. I think that really gave like, you know, Cyrodiil is supposed to be this war, right? It's supposed to actually be a war. And I get why they got rid of it all for performance, but you're exactly right. Like, Back then, when you could see all those animations, it looked like a war. Like, you felt like, I'm in the middle of this giant, just complete, all-out war. And that was a big part of it. I agree with that 100%. Yeah, and so again, it's not like something like, well, they, I'm not like consciously thinking, like, well, because they took those animations away, I'm not going to Cyrodiil. But it's just yeah. like that fondness, that, that thought that would enter my mind back in the day that would pull me in, it's not there now, you know? So it's these are just the reasons that I'm... Battlegrounds is just more fun. That's that's where the more cool stuff is happening. Um, so yeah, I hope that answers your question there. Pelinal has another question. He says, my other question is about battleground arenas or maps. Uh, are there some arenas that you prefer over others? I've found the utility of the new mist form can vary greatly depending on topography. Uh, do your preferences change depending on your class or group composition? Um, I, I would say like definitely yes. Uh, sorcerers, this is something sorcerers have been aware of for you know as long as they have existed. <laughs> yeah. uh, using streak, um, very similar sort of deal. Yeah, if you're going downhill or down some stairs or something like that, it's really a, yeah. a good idea to avoid using streak or mist form uh, in that situation because then you're gonna you're just gonna go straight and then you're gonna have to fall down to the ground. That that whole time you're falling, you can't avoid any incoming damage. So people are just they're just pelting you while you're falling to the ground. Then you hit the ground and take fall damage. Um, so yeah, like the Eldengvar map, the one that you're like on the starting platform with the the portals and everything. That's a terrible map mm-hmm. for Sorks or anyone using Mistform because there's a lot of up and down happening there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, definitely, definitely, I have noticed that. Um, I think stamina builds um, handle it pretty well like um my stamplar for example old betsy um she has mist form but she also has um a bow and she can roll dodge to to get some movement speed with on that bow bar so i've kind of learned just instinctively if i'm going downhill or if i'm going down some stairs i don't want to use mist form i'll I'll do a roll dodge instead if i want to kind of gain some distance and get some speed uh and and when you roll dodge you'll stay hugged to the ground you know so you won't you won't have that problem so yeah, definitely, um, definitely a consideration there. Anything to add, Davius? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I would agree with everything you said. I, I mean, I, I think maybe the way that we kind of build characters in BGs is that most of our characters can kind of adapt what we go into. There's definitely preferences. Um, my biggest thing, I, I mean, this is just kind of my preferences, but I would say my favorite arena is the orc one. I think it's called Morkuzgur. I don't know if the I'm one with the fog right. and the big statue in the middle. Yeah, I one. just I just love the look of that one, yeah. and I was really thinking through that one. I I feel like I have had a really good fight in almost all spots of that map. Yeah, like, that's that's the thing. Is there's so many just different yeah. areas in that map. It's really cool. Yeah, great map. Uh, and I would say my personally my least favorite map or least favorite arena is the Arcane University. It drives those portals <laughs> drive me nuts. I I hate the portals. I hate when people go up top and sorks and and snipes snipers up there. Just I know you hate that map. <laughs> they immediately go to the top. They start pelting down. Then you chase them. And then they go down. And it's just I don't like that. And I also feel like that map's just a little too big 
it's not like overly too big, but it's just big enough to where like you can be in that map and you're like, where the heck's the fight? Yeah. And so that that's just ugh, that's always been my I least favorite like for the longest map, time. <laughs> uh, I don't mind. No, it. <laughs> uh, the map drives me nuts. I don't like that one. I think Eldangvar is probably my least favorite. The with the the Ooh, portals I and the starting it. platform. I get that, but I, I I do love the uniqueness of it. It is map. unique. Like, I do like I it too that it was a a new map that was added later. I wish they would do more of that. Yeah, I really like the lava yeah. map for if I'm on a sork mm-hmm. or any ranged build. The lava map's the best. That's a tough map for DKs. Like you're just you're just oh, yeah like for melee. Duck. It's, it's tough. Yeah, just wide for brawler. Open. You're a sitting duck. But I love how you can just you can see the whole match from any vantage mm. point. Like you can sit in your spawn and just see what all is in, unfolding in front of you. Really yeah. cool. I really like for you know kind of the opposite side of that. My my favorite map to be in Lord of Nords is the very sh- small arena. It's just like a coliseum. Oh yeah, that one's fun. Yeah, that is a great map. That's uh, a despair. My my necro that I was just talking mm-hmm. about. That's her favorite. Yeah. Really, most of my characters do pretty well in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pelonal closes out and says, "Your brother in Akatosh, Pelonal Whitestrake." Great email, man. Thank you very much for writing. Yeah, it was a good one. Uh, we have one other email from Toadster. Shout out to Toadster. He's in the chat right now. Here it is, dude. Uh, Toaster nice. says. I know you probably have gone over this before, but in your opinion, what do you think are the two best offensive and defensive sets for both Overland and craftable sets? Uh, which two sets do you think uh, work the best together to give you both defense and offense? Um, so I have some uh, some picks here. Uh, I'll let you go first, Davis. What do you got? So, you, I mean, I feel like people are going to know me well enough. I, I can't go with just the really easy picks. It, these are very preference. I'm not arguing that these are the best, but these are just kind of my preference. The Toadster did ask uh, for so the I'll, best. So. Yeah, well, <laughs> best in my in my play style. How about that? All right, about all right. That? I mean, they're not bad sets. So, so for the Overland sets, I would say my personal preference for offensive Overland sets uh, I'm going to name two, but I feel like they're very interchangeable. They're basically the same set, if I can say that. Uh, for offense, I'm going to go Swamp Raider, War Maiden. Those are great. Um, this, just that set that it, it picks a specific damage type, and it has that 600 number. I, I still don't fully understand. There's so many of these types of sets out there, but a lot of them are at 400. But these two... They did update. They cranked them up to 600, and they are wonderful sets. Great. Um, I, I love these sets. I love the idea of picking a damage type. It really, I love building theme builds, and these these are great offensive sets, and they just fit right into a theme build. You know, Swamp Raider, you're going to build this poison, you know, disease damage building, and you can just kind of roll with this whole theme from it. Same thing with War Maiden. Uh, so I, I really love those on the offensive side. Just the theme to them, you know, how they, they really fit into a theme build. Plus, they really are very strong offensive sets. Uh, on defense, this one's going to be, you know, I, I may get some flack for this one, but I just, I'm going to go back to the basics on this. My I, Probably my my favorite defensive overland set, I'm going to say Trainee. Oh. Uh, I use that set more than any other set out there. Uh, I mean, I obviously, I, I most on almost all my builds, I fit one or two pieces of training on there. It's so interchangeable and so good that it it has a one piece set bonus. It's it's a filler for almost any build. 
Uh, and the fact that you can get uh, just really good stats for for not a lot of uh, you know not a lot of slots. I just I just think that's trainee is a great set. Yeah. Going over to the craftable side now on the crafting sets. Uh, once again, I'm going to go with uh, yeah, not off not not the meta or the most popular, but in my mind, the most or it's hard to say it's the best offensive, but with uh with the with the right build, I'm gonna go with Kvatch Gladiator for my offensive set. Okay. And that's only because that set lets the Sam Sork live, and there's really not a build out there that gets kills better than the Sam Sork. Yeah. Uh and Kvatch Gladiator on the right build can just absolutely be nuts. Like it basically it means your make... opponent has a 20% l- lower health bar. Like just 20% yeah, of the exactly. health bar just does not exist. Exactly. Uh, you know, it, it does, it doesn't work on all the builds. Absolutely does not work on every build, but if you can get the right build and, and get an execute build going, Kavash Gladiator, fantastic set. And then you'll be happy to know for my defensive craftable set, I can't argue it. I've got zero arguments. I've got to go wretched vitality. Okay, nice, nice. You just I just feel like you can't argue it. it it's it's if I, you know, I don't play back bar. I've got Oconsole on all my builds, but if I would any any back bar, any two bar set I would have, I would have wretched on the back on the back bar just for 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 the and and I I list it as a defensive set. I know it's more of a sustain set, but with that kind of sustain and what it does, uh that yeah, yeah, it's um it gives you uh active defense, the best kind of defense. Yes. Exactly. And so those those are my picks. Great picks. I like them. So which of those would you maybe combine? Like pick an offensive and a defensive to combine together. What do you think? That's tough. I, I would probably do um I would probably do either, you know, it depends on the build. It's it's hard to just pick one, but I I, I feel like you can't go wrong depending on what your theme is with that Swamp Raider or more War Maiden with a back bar wretched vitality. That's gonna be good. Uh yeah. you're gonna be like you know, throw it on a temp a magplar or throw it on a. I mean, know, that's my uh, crow. My uh, beamplar. It's exactly it's. There you it's, go. Uh, yeah, uh, warm you're going to be in great shape, and and those are like, I would say those are pretty relatively easy sets to get and a really relatively oh, yeah. easy comp to put together, and it really is. It's going to have great results. You you even if you really want to amp it up, you've got a, you know, you've got a slot for a mythic in there if you want to put like Gaze of Sithis or something like that. Um, you're basically so, yeah. putting together that, my probably... build template that all my characters use. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So one of those. Swamp one Raider, Piece Magma. <laughs> well, hey, there you go. One Piece Magma, Wretched Vitality on the back bar. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're going to be in great shape with that. Nice. Um, all right. So mine, I have mine um, broken up uh, between defensive and offensive sets. So my defensive options... Uh, for my Overland defensive set, it's the one I just talked about on my Magro Robes of the Hist. Um, I don't really use defensive sets very often, uh, but I, I really do like this one because it is so strong and it's a light armor set. All the stuff I was saying earlier that you get that really nice cushion of survivability and you get to have all those nice light armor passives so your sustain still feels good. You can still have good damage. It's just... I don't know what other word to use other than comfy. It's a very comfy set. <laughs> <laughs> it's that light armor, you know, it's that yeah. cloth. It's 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 really cozy. Yeah, it's light armor, nice but you don't feel hoodie. too squishy because it's it's such a good <laughs> defensive bonus on that five piece. Yeah, absolutely. Um and then for my defensive crafted set, it's kind of cheating because this is both a defensive and offensive set, but the defense is very nice. 
Uh, Dragon's Appetite. Shout out to Gary, and this is his favorite armor yeah, set. Absolutely. Um, Great set. So Dragon's Appetite's the one that it's like, well, you do, you deal like extra damage to bleeding targets, and then non-bleeding damage builds these stacks, and then you get so many stacks, and it gives you a really big heal. So it's it's really good as a both a defensive and offensive set. It's a it's a very very strong set. Strongly recommend it. And I can't believe it's crafted. It seems like it would be like a dungeon set, you know, for all that it does. So those are my defensive picks, Robes of the Hist and Dragon's Appetite. My offensive picks for Overland is the Way of Fire. That is basically the yeah. meta offensive set right now. Yeah. Beth it really is the best set in the game, probably. Yeah. Or at least top three. That's the one that everyone's using. It's a it's a heavy armor set. It comes from Craglorn. I think that's what people like about it. A, a heavy armor set that does good damage, that's always going to be popular in PvP. Um, mm. So when you deal damage with a weapon, it, it deals additional flame damage. It has a two-second cooldown. Anything, Any proc set with a short cooldown like that is probably going to be pretty good. Uh, and it's really easy to proc. Like You can just put rending slashes on someone or poison injection or something like that. And that dot, since it's since it's a, it's a weapon ability, that'll just keep it proc'd on cooldown just constantly. So real mm-hmm. easy to proc. Um, yeah, Gummy Bear says free damage. Yep, absolutely free damage. So that that's that's on a lot of builds right now, the way of fire. Um, my, my crafted pick for offensive sets uh, is Order's Wrath. Um, and this one's like a, a wholesome set, I would say. You know, there's nothing cheesy about this set. It's just you, you, you get a lot of good uh, crit and crit damage, and, and that's basically the end of the story, you know. And it's kind of up to you to, to do something good with that. Um, but it's, it's very stat-dense. It's a very juicy set. I've seen it perform really well on a number of builds, on Sorcerers, on Nightblades. You could really put it on, on a Templar. It would be really good. Um, mm-hmm. It would work well on anyone. I like that it's just kind of straight up a stat set. You know, really nothing more than that, yeah. but it's just a really, really good stat set. Um, so, I mean, you could do Dragon's Appetite and Way of Fire. Oof, that's that's a that's a that's a meta build right and, there. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be doing pretty darn good. Um, if you could get a Master's Dual Wield in there to, to get your bleed damage, that your source of bleed damage, then uh, that's going to be a nigh unstoppable build. Ton of damage, super hard to kill. It's going to be really good. All the things. Yeah, absolutely. I also would like Rose of the Hist and Order's Wrath wouldn't be a bad just setup either. Just kind of nice and simple. Yeah. Tanky, get some crit in there. Yeah. So there you go, Toadster. Those are our picks. Maybe you get some build ideas there. Dave, it's time for the hard part. You got to pick a winner. You always put this pressure on me. I think that's why you. Oh, I got to tell you my. Part. I got to tell you my, mm-hmm, my opinion mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. I think I like Toadsters. I like talking about sets. I like Toadsters. This might be the first one. This might be the first time that we are in agreement. I'm going to go with Toadster. Toadster in the chat. Winner. All right. Toadster is our winner. I love, I'm with you. I love talking, I love talking sets and kind of breaking down. And I, I really liked that it was like, all right, how do you, you know, what are these, what, what are your favorite sets and how do you pair them together? I think that gets... Yeah, it's just oh, that's just that's just an easy win. He's just he's just playing the game there. He knows <laughs> he knows how to pull our strings. Get us talking about builds. Oh yeah. So yeah, as soon as I log in, um, when we're done recording here, I'll get that coming your way. If I if I for some reason forget, if you don't get it within like twenty four hours, Toadster, send me an email uh, in game, and I'll uh, I, I won't forget though. I'll do it. 
Um, cool. So yeah, um, scrolling podcast at gmail.com. Send us your emails. Uh, we'll give, a, we'll give away gold, uh, to one lucky winner every single episode. It won't always be a million, but, uh, this episode and the next one, it will be. Um, we have a guild. The guild's name is Stoons Goons, literally the best PVP guild in the game that also happens to be the best named <laughs> guild on the PCNA server. Uh, it's also nice. the official guild of the Scrolling Podcast. Uh, man, it just never ends, the, the plug here. Um, so good. If you'd like to be a member of Stoons Goons, send us an email at scrollingpodcast at gmail.com and I'll send you an invite. If your guild roster is full, that's no big deal. We can get you on the Discord. That's really where the action is happening anyway, where we're, you know, sharing memes and build ideas. And it's a, it's a very, very active Discord community. Um, so, and everyone who's on the Discord server is a fully fledged goon. You can participate in any and everything that we do. Um, so scroll and podcast at gmail.com if you want to join the guild or the Discord or both. If you would like to support the show, one easy thing you can do is open up the Apple Podcast app, find Scroll and Podcast, and give us a star rating and especially a written review. Uh, and that just makes it easier for people to find our show. When they search for relevant keywords, our show will appear higher up in those search results. And that just makes it easier for us to find new uh, new friends to listen to us and to hang out with us on Discord. Um, if you want to... Go a step further than that and support us in a bigger way. You can go to patreon.com slash scrolling podcast and receive Stoons Boon for $3 a month. Uh, that gets you some extra Discord benefits, a guaranteed individual shout out on every single episode. Uh, you'll get access to the Booncast, a, a bonus uh, episode that I put out on the off weeks. So you get something every week. Uh, we have videos, written build guides, and of course, the, the the best gift of all, uh, which is that feeling in your heart, knowing that you're helping support the show and, and help us uh, keep this thing going. Uh, so that is patreon.com slash scrolling podcast. If you can't do Patreon right now, then just come hang out on the Discord. That doesn't cost anything. We have one of the best communities on the internet and we'd love to have you. So uh, scrolling podcast at gmail.com. Shout out to the chat. We have Gummy Bear, Toadster, and Mother of Dragons. Apparently, Uncle Sam was in here briefly earlier. <laughs> I don't know if I believe it or not. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, also, shout out to Uncle Sam, King Nar, Slavka, Wanna Buy My Dog, KDMS, Joral. We've all just been playing together a lot lately. It's been a lot of fun. Really enjoy hanging out with you guys. Um, shout out to the elder goons, the OGs. Thank you guys for sticking around for so long. Really appreciate it. And shout out to our Stoons Boon recipients, our Patreon supporters, Porkbody, Toadster, Gummy Bear, Grizzly Khan, and Thomas. Davies, you got anything else? Yeah, you know, I actually, I do have a okay. little something else. Right. I, I just wanted to kind of give a, just a shout out to all the goons. I can't say enough just how awesome it has been with with the events that we've kind of started doing the bg night's a lot of fun uh the trial run was a blast again thank you to everybody for helping me out and helping me grind out a set that i've wanted a long long time uh just shout out to the goons man it's it's been so much fun playing with everybody seeing everybody come and just seeing it, the community grow and getting these new people in on the events it's it's been a heck of a lot of fun it's cool it's a it's a real guild all of a sudden i'll be at work <laughs> and my my phone's blowing up with all the discord activity and there's like these legit theorycraft discussions going on over in the theorycraft channel and 
you know it's just it's just going off it's great it's awesome um okay well i guess that's is that it i think that's it just had to get that last goon shout out (laughs) okay shout out to the goons all right well thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time